0: Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for another opportunity to continue studying your word. We thank you for the gift of life and the opportunity to live another day. We pray in the name of Jesus, that Christ alone be exalted in our midst and in our study. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. We thank God for another weekend to continue our perusal on spiritual gifts. And this is the part four. hopefully, our last but one episode for this series on spiritual gifts. And today we'll be looking at vocal gifts, or what we would like to term Godfran's gifts. Gifts that have to do with us speaking, whereas mainly manifested through speech, if I should say. And it's interesting that two out of these three gifts are the only gifts that have no manifestation in the Old Testament. Two out of these three gifts are strictly or they occur just in the New Testament. And as I go on, you will know which two gifts they are. And as I said, for all the spiritual gifts, the underlying principle we need to appreciate is spiritual gifts are that they are spiritual. They pertain to the spirit. They have nothing to do with the flesh. So with utterance or with the gifts of utterance or vocal gifts, we have basically these diverse kinds of tongues. Or tongue speaking, that's the big one here interpretation of tongues and prophecy. So these are the three gifts that make up the ultrams or the vocal gift. So we like to start with prophecy. And I know this is where most people will be surprised by the definition. But prophecy simply means any speech or discourse emanating from a divine inspiration. So anything you say that is inspired from the Holy Spirit is a prophecy. Most often than not, since it's inspired from God, they are declaring the purposes of God. So prophecy is simply saying anything from a divine inspiration that declares the purpose of God. So that's simply what prophecy is. And if you pay attention during the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, I stated that word of knowledge and word of wisdom can come through prophecy, can come through dreams and visions. So prophecy can be a channel by which word of knowledge and word of wisdom comes. Now when we talk about prophecy, basically we can group them in two. We have the foretelling and the foretelling, so the foretelling is the f-o-r-e, then telling. Then we have foretelling, that is f-o-r-t then telling. I would like to group prophecy under these two broad categories. Every prophecy is either foretelling something or foretelling something. So now when we talk about foretelling, foretelling has to do with the declaration of future events, and mostly it's what we call predictive prophecy. So Whenever somebody is predicting something, what actually is happening, the person is foretelling something. And this is where most of us, or this is the aspect of prophecy we think only happens. But it's interesting to know that with foretelling, most of the future, or if I could say 99% of all the future predictions, it has to be or is in relation to the Kingdom of God and the coming of Jesus. Now this is where most people have not been taught, because taking a look at all the prophecies in the Old Testament, all of them, or if I could say 95% of them, had to do with the coming of Jesus and His work. So when you take a look at Isaiah, when you take a look at Ezekiel, when you take a look at Uzziah, when you take a look at all the prophets, all of them were talking about one person and what his coming will come and do. That is why in Revelations 19, let's quickly read Revelations 19. I think the verse number 10, I believe most of us have come across the scripture. Just the B part. It says that for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So in actual fact, prophecy should testify about Jesus. And prophecy does testify about Jesus. And the group of prophecy that testifies about Jesus is actually the foretelling. That is prediction of future events. That is why in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, it says that for God, in diverse times and in the manner of past, spoke to the people of old through the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through His son Jesus. Because all that the prophets were saying were in relation to Jesus and His coming. So when you read about Isaiah talking about a child is born and a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. When you read about all these things, what they are supposed to see? Or, what they are painting to you is Jesus. So, when you read all the prophetic Psalms, you would realize that all these things have to do with the coming of Jesus. That is why Jesus himself said in John chapter 5, verse 39, that you search the scriptures because you think in them you find eternal life. But these very scriptures testify of me. And the scriptures are categorically talking about their law and their prophets. You know, on the road to Damascus, as he met the two disciples, the Bible said, and Jesus, starting from the law and the prophets, starting to talk to them about how all these things refer to him. So when we talk about foretelling, we are actually talking about predicting things that have to do with the kingdom of God, the coming of Jesus, and what is worth to accomplish. That is why the Bible says that no other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid. And the foundation is the prophets and the apostles. With Jesus being the chief cornerstone. So I remember stating under who told you the part five that no prophet in our era or no prophet after the coming of Jesus, prophecy qualifies to be scripture. But the prophecies of Isaiah, the prophecies of Agai, the prophecies of Joel, they were not just prophecies, but they were scripture. And this is where most of us don't really appreciate about prophecy. But this one aspect of prophecy. And this aspect ended with the coming of Jesus. Now I'm not saying that prophecies no longer predict. I'm saying that most part of the foretelling aspect of prophecy has to do with the coming of Jesus. And that is what has ceased because now Jesus has come. Now, what prophecy or what the gift of prophecy does has to do with foretelling. That is declaring of things by divine revelation. So when somebody tells you something and the only way the person could have known that God gave it to the person. And i like this kind of example I have of wisdom and the word of knowledge. And that was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said that flesh and blood cannot reveal this to you. It was a word of knowledge. And it came through the channel of prophecy, through the channel of declaring things that can only be known by divine revelation. Now, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, Paul gives us the benchmark for the gift of prophecy, if I should say. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. Now, it says that, But he that prophesies speak to men. For what? Why is he speaking to men? To edify men, to exalt men, and to comfort men. So he said that he, that professor, speaketh unto edification. Edification simply means for the building up, for strengthening. Now, Paul is saying that with the gift of prophecy, it has to do with edification, exaltation, and comfort. So when in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 29, Paul said that, Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Are we all this? The answer is no, we are all not prophets. Because many people get confused why Paul will later on say, in, in the verse 1 of First Corinthians 14 that follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts but rather that you may prophesy Paul is that we should desire that we should prophesy meaning that every believer should be able to prophesy and we will know what I've only said what prophecy is but I'll explain a bit in detail that's why Moses told Joshua that when Joshua was angry with Moses that there were two people, elder and Midad who were not in their tent but then the Spirit of God came upon them Moses told Joshua that if he gets, everybody will be prophets. Because prophecy simply has to do with speaking under divine inspiration. Now, if you look at this definition critically, it's what teaching and preaching does. So actually, when you go to church and there's a preaching and a teaching, it's actually a prophecy. Because whatever your pastor is telling you, whatever your pastor is ministering to, is actually saying it out of divine inspiration. When Paul is saying that I desire that we all prophesy, Paul is simply saying that I desire that everybody speaks under divine inspiration. Because there are many times or there are many situations where people will be in situations that you will need to give them a word. And sometimes it may happen casually that we will not appreciate the effects of our word. But many times I've been in situations where simply reading somebody's status or reading something on Twitter or reading something on social media has really blessed my life. has really what comforted me. So, what the person may not have realized was that the person was speaking under divine inspiration. So, that many times you will be having casual conversations with your friends. And you may just encourage, you friend will be afraid to tell you that, oh, I applied for a job, but I didn't get the job. And you may just simply say that God is orchestrating the events of your life to those who worry. You may just think are just giving a casual statement, but you may have spoken under a divine inspiration. And it will have comforted this friend. That is why mostly, Teachings and preachings are actually prophecies. I like to call them prophetic teaching or prophetic preaching. I don't know if any of us have had this experience before, where you had a question that was bothering your mind. Maybe about how faith works, why is that my faith doesn't work when I it, or about something. And you go to church and the pastor preaches and it's as like, if he heard your conversation before you came. And that's what you call a prophetic, and <laughs> that's how some of you like it's prophetic. Prophetic simply means that he spoke under divine inspiration. That is why sometimes you can go to a service and it's as though the pastor is talking about your situation when he absolutely has no idea. There are examples he may be giving that maybe he saw it on TV or something, and he may be giving that example. And then that may be the exact situation you are going through, and it may be a teaching or a preaching, but actually, it's a prophecy. So many people are box prophecy into show me what to do give me direction yes teaching gives you direction That what many people don't know let me just give you this example i remember there was a story of a man who went to church i think he was a member of dr david yongi church and um it was was the benediction and Young was giving the benediction and according to what i heard from what they said the person said was that he was prophesying or he was declaring over his congregation and he said something about palm tree that was given a prophecy and he doesn't even know how come palm tree came into the benediction and all that the guy had was about palm tree palm tree palm tree so he went home started doing his research about palm tree and later or due to that he started establishing a that was exporting palm oil so, young Vito was just giving a mere benediction, if I should say. But to him, it was a prophetic declaration. That's why many of us, when we go into the presence of God, we should not be casual. Because everywhere that the pastor is preaching, everywhere that the minister is saying, is actually a prophetic declaration. That is why we should not go to church and be fidgeting with our phones. That is why we should not go to church and be absent minded. Because that which you need to give you direction in your life is what that statement that the man of God is making. And that is a prophecy. That is a direction. So this is what prophecy simply is. Now let's go to the big one. That is the diverse kinds of tongues. And I think I did to read the scripture where these are found in, pardon me for not doing it. 1 Corinthians 12, the verse 10, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues. Now the gift is called diverse kinds of tongues, not just one type of tongues. Let me just put that in the shelf. You'll get back to it later. So, now what are tongues? Or when we say somebody speaking tongues, what is the person actually doing? So, tongue speaking is a supernatural utterance that the Holy Spirit gives to an individual. And that individual has never learned the language before. Neither does he understand the language. And as I said, all spiritual gifts are supernatural. So, tongue speaking is simply speaking a language that you don't understand. Neither did you learn but immediately you learn tongue speaking. It is no longer tongue speaking because tongue speaking is a spiritual gift. And spiritual gifts are supernatural. So for those of you who went to school that learned tongue speaking, I'm sorry to announce to you that you, uh, you were not speaking it. You were learning the language that they, the person you going to teach you. Because tongue speaking is supernatural. It's a supernatural utterance that the Holy Spirit gives to you. And you do not understand what you are saying. Neither did you learn it but it may or may not be understood by the hearer. Now, a the reason why I'm saying this, and we will get to understand why I'm saying it may or may not be heard, it depends on the type of tongue speaking. Because remember we said that there were diverse types of tongues, and as we go a bit further, we will get to appreciate this. So, tongue speaking has nothing to do with your linguistic ability. We don't say you are skillful. In. So, somebody who is skillful in languages doesn't have the gift of tongue, he learns it. Now let's look at Mark 16, the verse 11. Jesus makes an interesting statement and I know people have issues about it. So let's take a look at it ourselves. Now, listen to what Jesus is saying. Let's start from the verse 15 because I'll be building upon it. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. Now he's saying these signs shall follow them that believe. Now, I stated at the beginning that it's only tongue speaking and the interpretation of tongues that has no manifestation in the Old Testament. The best I think I have seen is a shadow in the Old Testament, and I won't want to go into that. But the clear manifestation of the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues is not seen in the Old Testament. And it's quite interesting why it's not in the Old Testament, because it's a gift that has to do with our position in a new kingdom. Now, we know the importance of language. So, if any of you have had the opportunity to school, you are made to do that, you are supposed to learn the language of the people. So, ask yourself, why are you supposed to learn the language? Imagine you go to school in China or you go to Germany. One of the courses you take is to learn how to speak the language. What is the importance of learning how to speak the language? That importance, the same importance to tongue speaking, because there's a new kingdom that has come. That is why Jesus said that those who believe on me, a particular sign will follow them now let's look closely is that in my name they would cast out demons and nowhere in the old testament did anybody cast out demons nowhere the closest that came to the casting out of demons was when david was playing the harp the bible said a spirit from the lord came to torment saul and david was brought to play the harp and the bible said whenever the harp was played then saul was relieved of his torment that's the closest we can ever get to the casting out of demons so, with all the power Moses had to divide the Red Sea, Elisha, Elijah, raising of the dead, um, changing the GDP of a nation in less than 24 hours, when you said that tomorrow by this time, the economy of Israel will change. He had all these powers. People were commanding bears and lions to come out of bushes and chew up children. None of them could cast out demons. It's interesting. So, I will leave that one to you as to why none of them had the ability to cast out demons. But I said, they shall cast out demons. And the other things that they shall speak with new tongues. Now, many people make the argument that when Jesus was saying speak in new tongues, he was simply referring to your language as a believer would change. And that's true. It was before you became a believer, we are used to using cursing words, vulgar words, vulgar jokes, nasty jokes. And when you become a believer, you are a new Christian, how you speak should change. So Paul says that, let your conversations always be seasoned with salt. But then, let's be fair to ourselves, look at the scripture we're talking about. Is talking about a supernatural occurrence that will happen. And he first gave us the first one that they will cast out demons. The second one is that they will speak in the new tongue. And the next one that they would felt their hands on the sick recover. So all these gifts are supernatural occurrence. So why then would you want to single out tongue speaking as a non-supernatural occurrence that all that Jesus said was having to do that? Now you no longer use cursing words, you no longer use nasty jokes, etc. So, but now let's look at the new testament. Obviously, we all know Acts chapter 2, but I don't want to assume. So let's just look at Acts chapter 2, emphasizing on the fact that after the coming of Jesus, all those who believe, you remember Jesus said that these signs are following me, those that believe in my name, they will do this and they will speak in new tongues. So now let's look at examples of people who believe and whether they spoke in new tongues. Now let's look at Acts chapter 2, just read the verse 4, from the verse 4 following. It says that, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them utterance, First scripture. Now let's go to Acts chapter 10, the verse 44 to 46. Now Peter was doing a marvelous teaching service. So now, the verse 44 says that, While Peter spoke these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them that heard, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. Now Peter went with some people and he said, the people who went to the circumcision I refer to the Jews. So, he said that, so let me use the Jews so that the circumcision will not sound weird. He says that, and those who were the Jews who believed were astonished, as many as came with peter because that on the gentiles was also put unto them the holy spirit now the verse 46 for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify the lord now let's go to acts chapter 19. you know the bible says that by the mouth of two or three a matter is established but i'll give you two or i'll give you more so now this is our third example if i'm right so now acts chapter 19 let's start from the verse one and it came to pass that while Apollos was occurring, Paul having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finally certain disciples. He said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said to them, So what then were you baptized? And he said to them, John's baptism then said Paul, John truly baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to these people that they should believe on him. We should come after him. That is on Jesus Christ, The verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Now the verse 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Acts chapter 2, they spoke with tongues and magnified the Lord. Acts chapter 10, they spoke with tongues and magnified the Lord. Acts chapter 19, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Now let's look at Paul. You know Paul in Acts chapter 8, from verse 5, to 7, he had... An encounter with Jesus and Jesus directed him to go to Ananias to lay hands on him. And after he fasted for three days and he fell off his eyes. And we know it from First Corinthians 14, the verse 15, that Paul says, For I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than we all. So Paul who believed also spoke in tongues. Now let's look at an example in Acts chapter 8. Let's study something. Now Philip had gone to do some mighty crusade in Samaria. Then the people or the Papists in Jerusalem, I you see, heard about it and they sent Peter and John to go and do the finishing at So Celestia that Samuel had received the word of God. They sent to them Peter and John, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So the verse 16 is in bracket. For as yet he has fallen on none of them, only they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Now the verse 17. Then laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now look at the verse 18. And when Simon saw, this is not Simon Peter, this is another Simon who was a sorcerer, gave his life to Christ. So now the question is how did Simon see that the Holy Ghost was given when their hands were laid upon them? Obviously something might have manifested. And from all the scriptures we have read, what is the most reasonable conclusion we could come for Simon to know that when the apostles laid hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. It was because they probably spoke in tongues. So many of us would want to argue that oh we have many people of oh great, great men of God who never spoke in tongues. But it's as though right now we are emphasizing tongue speaking, etc. And they never spoke in tongues, but they did wonderful things for God. Yes, we are not saying that tongue speaking is a sign that you are born again. Who no. all we are saying is that one one of the signs that follow those that believe. In the gospel of Jesus is that they have the ability to speak it too is that it's a spiritual gift. As long as anybody desires for this, the Holy Ghost will rule it to you. And we could see from all the scripture references in acts that these people began to speak in new tongues because now they have been ushered into a new country, into a new nation, into a new kingdom. So just as if you go into a new country, you are or is mandated upon you to learn the country. And I don't know if you have realized this. Whenever you go into a new environment, immediately you identify somebody who speaks your language. Maybe you are a and you come to Kumasi, and everybody speaking you all around you, and you get somebody who speaks Ga. You feel a sense of connection to the person simply because you speak the same language, and you can you may even become best friends because of that. So there's something peculiar about language that brings a certain connection. Let's look at right, a whole chapter or chunk of a chapter was dedicated to this tongue speaking because Paul himself knew that people had a lot of issues about it. And we just like to look at some things we should take note. And I believe that as we are taking note of all these things, we are believing that it should answer all the questions you may have concerning tongue speaking. First Corinthians 14, we'll be doing a perusal of the chapter to see some of the things possible because at the point it may look a contradictory. But as we go on, we would appreciate it. So we'll be just jotting out things that Paul said about tongues speaking, starting from the verse 2. He said that for he that speaks in an unknown tongue, speaks not unto men. So now let's take note, it's very interesting. The first thing Paul is telling about tongues speaking is that when you speak in tongues, you are not speaking to man. That's the first thing. The second thing to note is that you are speaking to God. That's the second thing to note about tongues speaking. So when somebody is speaking in tongues, the person is not speaking to a human being, but the person is speaking to God. I know you have to, but don't worry, as you go and your questions should be answered. The third thing Paul says is that for no man understands him. So, one, we are not just speaking to man, but even the man, the man doesn't understand what you are saying. Life is really, really mysterious. And sometimes I just take a reflection on some of the friends that I have in my life and how they have blessed me. And I just look back, I can't even trace how they became my friends. And it's a mystery to me how i just met somebody maybe i was going to buy water and i just met somebody and by that incident we became friends life is very mysterious and one of the ways we can address the mysterious things about life is by speaking in tongues. because sweetheart there are many things that are beyond your scope of knowing many things if you are just going to pray with your understanding concerning these things you will not pray about several things there are many things you would just take a look at your prayer life <laughs> and look at the things you have prayed for, you have realized that there are many blessings you are enjoying today that you never prayed for but one agency by which we tackle the mysterious things about life some of you are wondering where you go to meet your boo or your babe or your beloved or your husband or your wife and you are wondering and sometimes those who are married or who have babes and boo's etc just look at how you met them, sometimes it can be so casual but just that casual one-time event has the way of affecting your life long time. And that's one of the mysterious things about life. Now, let me just move on. Now, so these are the four things from just the verse two we learned about tongue speaking. But that's not all. Now, let's go on. The verse four. You see that he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Now, the thing about tongue speaking is that it edifies yourself. So, those days where things seem to go down, those days where you just don't have the energy to do anything, just not in the mood thing, you are just down. One way to build yourself up, one way to strengthen yourself up is through the speaking of tongues. So you remember in the scenario of David, David went to fight a battle and when he came back, the enemies had ransacked him and the Bible said that David encouraged himself in the Lord. One of the gifts that you have been given to encourage ourselves in the Lord when things don't seem to go well, is the gift of tongue speaking. So he said that whoever speaks in tongues, you edify yourself. But he said that by he who prophesies, edifies the church. So now, because prophecy, you are declaring things to people through a divine inspiration. So, as I gave the example, to the preaching of the word. So, let me give you more practical. Imagine a pastor just speaking in tongues. He's just edifying himself, he's just building himself. But when the pastor begins to prophesy, When the pastor begins to say that, despite the fact that Corona is affecting business, affecting life, everybody is going down, but you will not go down. And the pastor begins to say that the same water or the same flood that destroyed lives was the same flood that was pushing the ark of Noah. So I declare unto you that the same Corona that is taking people down, that is destroying companies, that is destroying career. That same pandemic, that God is going to use to lift you up. What that pastor is doing is not just reading the Bible, he's actually prophesying, it's actually edifying you, it's actually building you up, that's actually encouraging you. So, maybe we just got a job, and one month into the job, Corona came and you had to be laid off. And now it's like as though the very answer to your prayer I've been praying for is answered, but now has have been terminated by Corona. that word of prophecy, that the teaching and the preaching of God's word, who are edified, who are strengthened. You are built up. And that's what prophecy does. But with tongues speaking, you are just building up yourself. And you are just edifying yourself. So now, the verse 5, Paul is continuing. And he's saying that, I would rather that you all spoke with tongues, but rather that you may prophesy. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks in tongues, except he interpret that the church might receive. So Paul is saying that he wishes that everybody should speak in tongues, but moreover, everybody should prophesy. So just as Moses desired that all of Israel were prophets, so Paul was desiring that everybody in the church should prophesy. And Paul is saying that he that prophesies is greater. Greater in the sense that you are accomplishing more. Because with tongue speaking, you are just edifying yourself. But with prophecy, you are edifying the church of God. Now, the verse 6. Now let's take note of something. Now brothers, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall it profit you except I speak to you by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? And from the verse 7 to the verse 9, he was given a scenario that going to a place and speaking in tongues just like that is not worth it because the people don't understand what you are saying. And he gave a scenario that even with instruments, every instrument and the sound it gives and the indication or the implication of that sound and we see this particularly in the Old Testament. There's a particular sound that the person or the watchers of the gate, or the trumpeter in Israel will give. That will indicate maybe danger is coming. Or maybe it's time to call to worship and it will give a particular sound. So the people of Israel knew that every sound and its meaning. So he was just giving that illustration to explain why tongue speaking doesn't benefit everybody because they don't understand what you are saying. Now it says in the verse 12 that even so... For as much as you are zealous for spiritual gifts, see that you may excel to the edifying of the church. So Paul was just reminding them that do not just desire these spiritual manifestations to make a show or to flex your spiritual muscles, but desire these gifts so that you can be a blessing to the body of Christ. Let's go to the verse 14. Now we say that if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. So now remember we're learning something said about tongue speaking. that Tongue speaking is not unto men, it's unto God. No man understands. By speaking mysteries, it edifies you. Now, Paul is also saying something about tongue speaking, and he's saying that if I pray in tongues, so it means that you can pray in tongues. And it's interesting he says this thing that if I pray in tongues, because prayer has to do with talking to God. Nobody prays to a man. In fact, people pray to men. <laughs> it's interesting. If you remember the, the story Jesus gave, that there were two people that came to a temple. One Pharisee who was so proud that God I fast three times a week, I pay my time the Bible gave a nice phrase that he prayed to himself so don't pray to themselves that's just by the way but he's saying that well, if I pray in an unknown tongue that means that you can pray in an unknown tongue He that my spirit prays so Paul is saying that praying in tongues is praying with my spirit now just to check this into there's a difference between praying with my spirit and praying in the spirit and I'll leave that one too for you <laughs> and he said that but my understanding is unfruitful in the verse 15 what is it then i would pray with the spirit and i would pray with my understanding also i would sing with the spirit and i would sing with my understanding also it means that you can pray in tongues and you can sing in tongues and whenever you pray in tongues or you sing in tongues you are singing or praying with your spirit now it's interesting look at the verse 16 else when you shall bless with the spirit how shall he that occupies the room of unlearned say amen to all the giving of things see he understands not what you are saying now paul is saying that when we are giving the benediction or the closing prayer don't pray in you know, because the person who is listening to your prayer because i pray on behalf of everybody what you are praying therefore he cannot appreciate it and he can't say amen to your prayers let me just skip to the verse 19 yet in the church now let's take note of this phrase yet in the church i rather would speak five words with my understanding than to speak many words or thousands of words with tongues this was was the yet, brings in the verse 3 he says brothers do not be children in your understanding however in malice you be children but in your understanding be men now look at what Paul is saying. Why did Paul just bring this in? Now let me explain why this may sound conflicting. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. You know the verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues. That was the verse 4. Let's continue from the verse 5. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under the heaven. Let's go to verse 6. Now, when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together. And were confounded because that every man heard them speak in their own language. Then Paul just said that when you are speaking in tongues, nobody understands what you are saying. So he saying that nobody understands what you are saying. Now in chapter 2, he said that when these people spoke in tongues, the men who were there, who were from every nation, so that means that literally there was a rep <laughs> at that gathering. So I'm sure Daniel, you yes, had a rep there. I'm sure that person was called Kwame. That he was a prophetic. <laughs> So the person was there, and the person heard them speak in chief. But Paul said that when you are speaking in tongues, nobody understands what you are saying, that you are speaking in chief. So how come these people are hearing what Paul is saying or what the apostles said? That is why I emphasize that there are different kinds of tongues. That is why Paul brought in that yet in the church. Because remember, he said that I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray my understanding. Why would I pray for everybody to pray when I'm not giving the closing and why would I come and take the mic and just start speaking in tongues when nobody is understanding me? And immediately after that, he says, "Do not be children in your understanding." And the reason why he added that is that many people get confused with the diverse kinds of tongues. Many people have the view that, oh, when you speak in tongues, you are just speaking somebody else's language. And, you know, most of the tongues we speak in our local setting sound like somebody says, "Sound like Chinese," "Sound like Japanese," "Sound like the etc. So actually they are speaking somebody else's language. And they use the example of Acts chapter 2 that when the apostles spoke in tongues, people heard them in their own language. So tongues speaking, are not speaking any heavenly language, they are, they are just speaking somebody else's language. But Paul told in verse 2 that howbeit no man understands, yet in the spirit is speaking mystery. We have a group of tongues that are a prayer language unto God. And that is when you are speaking mysteries. That's when you are not speaking unto men, but you are talking to God. That's when you are addressing things you don't know about life. That's when you are addressing your future. God has given you a prophecy that you'll be a great man. I think everybody has received that prophecy before. And you look at the circumstances of your life now, and you just can't connect that. It. No, it's a mystery. Tongue speaking will help you address that. And there's one group of tongues because the Bible calls it diverse kinds of tongues, but many people are just skewed to one. I think there are many examples of people who have gone to communities to go and preach the gospel. And because the language was a barrier, they couldn't really communicate. But at some instances, they were speaking in tongues, and the people were hearing them in their language. That is also a type of tongues. So I like to call it the evangelistic tongues. When you go into a community, you don't know what the people, the language people are speaking, and you just start speaking in tongues, and apparently they are hearing you. And Paul talks about that one in the same verse for he made mention of that manifestation where he says that. Their the tongues are not to those that believe, but to those who do not believe. And we see this manifestation in Acts chapter 2. The reason why people gathered when they heard that noise, it was because they were hearing gibberish. And because of they were hearing plenty, plenty noise from the upper room. And that's what drew their attention to the apostles. And others mocked saying they are filled with a new kind of wine. And Peter was like, it's too early for us to with this wine. And Peter was saying that what you are seeing is actually a prophecy that Joel gave. So we see how this tongue speaking is assigned to unbelievers. So the reason why these people gathered to the 120 was because they had the manifestation of this gift. And let me just read the verse 21, it's just to say something I said earlier on that in the law it is written. So now Paul was saying that this manifestation of tongues has its shadow or has its reference in the Old Testament, but not its manifestation. And Paul is that in the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips I would speak to you people. And yet for all that will not hear me, that says the law. So Paul is saying that this is not just in Joel, where Paul is saying that my will come upon you, do, but he also said in the law that a time will come that he will cause people to speak with other languages. So Paul was making a reference to a statement in the law in the Old Testament that is a shadow of the manifestation of this gift out of verse 23 is that if therefore the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues and they come okay that was just talking about the fact that tongue speaking is a sign for unbelievers and he was saying that if you are just speaking in tongues and somebody comes into the garden and just see all of you babbling in tongues you think you are mad so therefore when you are in a church setting if there is no one to interpret your tongues please don't speak in tongues because at the end you are not edifying anybody, you are not building up anybody. You are just building up yourself. And this is just a small advice to most of us who lead us. Please, we don't lead, but if you just pick the mic, and as you say in our setting, you are blasting in tongues, how do you expect the congregant to follow in the prayer? So when you are leading people, to pray, that's why Paul said that, yet in the church, now Paul is talking about the church setting. You pray with your understanding, when he said that in the church setting, I would rather speak five words of understanding than 10,000 words of tongues because these people, uh, when you speak in tongues, nobody's getting you. That's why Paul is making us appreciate the diverse kinds of tongues. That there are tongues that you can use in your fellowship and singing in tongues. There are tongues that you can use when you are among believers and that tongue needs to be interpreted. And Paul even said that if there is no one to interpret the tongues, please, keep be quiet, because at the end, you are just being, in quotes, a nuisance to people than a blessing to people. I would just like to read a particular verse in the Easy English to make us appreciate something. I think the verse 23, the verse 23 to the verse 25, talking about the fact that tongues is a sign not for believers but for unbelievers. is what was manifested in Acts chapter 2. That's the tongues that are other people's languages. And that is why Paul was in the diverse kinds of tongues. The tongues that are for prayer language, that are for fellowship, is an aspect of, or it's a kind of tongue. And we have what, as I said earlier on, are the evangelistic tongues. That is when you are speaking other people's language, not the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And I believe it's straightforward. But the only thing you are supposed to do that is that it's called the interpretation of tongues, not the translation of tongues. I've heard many people ask this question that maybe they're in a prayer meeting or in a fellowship and somebody begins to speak in tongues for like two minutes, three minutes, plenty. And the interpreter comes and he just says that, that says the Lord, I have done it, or fear not. And you're like, ah, the guy spoke for one whole minute and the only interpretation is fear not. Yes, that's because it's not a translation. The person was interpreting what the person said, he was not doing a translation. You not know, see, when the person said, ah, or maybe the person's tongue was, abba, 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 abba. When you're interpreting, you say, abba means this, I, then ba means, says the Lord. No, you're not translating the tongues, you're interpreting the tongue. So the person might have spoken for 10 minutes, but all that the person was saying is that this voyage or your journey might not be of damage. So maybe the person said that, maybe you're about to start, you about to plant a new church, and God is just encouraging the members that this venture about taking, would be of a success. But the person might have spoken in tongues for five minutes like, hey, all these things the person said, no. All that God is saying is that this adventure or this venture about taking will be successful. Yes, it's an interpretation, not a translation. As I said, most people view the interpretation of tongues as the the list of all the gifts because it is based on the manifestation of another gift. Without the gift of diverse kinds of tongues, there will be no need for the interpretation of tongues. So that's the reason why most people think that is the list of all these gifts. As I said earlier, on, that is only the tongue speaking and interpretation of tongue that has no manifestation in the Old Testament, but only has shadows or indicators. And there's this let me just this in that what happened at the Tower of Babel was like the reverse of what happened in Acts chapter two. You know, at the Tower of Babel, God scattered people because of the diversities of language, but in Acts chapter two, God gathered people because of language. And it's interesting that. Even though the apostles were saying just one thing, everybody heard them in their own language and they were able to gather to listen to them. But in the Tower of Babel, God scattered their whole plan just by giving everybody language. And there's a revelation to that, but then we keep that one in the fridge for a later podcast. So I would like to just pause here and see if anybody has any question or contribution or clarification to the utterance gift. Yes, Okay. i like to
1: ask um, this question. Um, I've heard people say that um, as you speak in tongues, your tongues will change. And like, your tongues will your change. And to be honest, yes. And to be honest with you, I've not seen it in scripture or in the Bible, but in be speaking, I have a it in my life and it's like, it was a drastic change, different from the way I speak. And I speak like in two ways. One is like very calm and soft and one is like when you are in the church. Oh. Very, yeah. So I want to know how
0: <laughs>
1: spiritual <laughs> it is.
0: Uh, okay. The argument people have is that since tongue speaking is a language and if you check the Greek meaning it just mean glossar. When we say different kinds of tongues, tongues just not mean different kinds of language. Uh, and I saying that as you mature, if I should say, or as you go, or you work with God, you would notice that you're you your okay, spiritual vocabulary. But then it's something that I believe everybody has experienced. Everybody, but I don't know me, I didn't start with ah, bah, 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 Most people say they start with ba ah, ba bah, 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 then it goes to become more complicated. It goes to that one, there's no scriptural basis. But then we should understand that, or the important thing that is us, or all the scriptures we read in Acts. That they spoke with other tongues as the Holy Ghost gave utterance. Because I know there's an issue of what people call redemptive tongues, and I don't have an issue with that. But the fact that they label it redemptive is my issue. Because tongues speaking, you speak as you are led. So if it's coming as redemptive, that one is not your concern. But from sometimes the way we go about it, as we intentionally go redemptive, so as in you're rhyming the tongue. No. I speak or we speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gives utterance. You don't manipulate the tongues, you don't conjure the tongues, but you speak as you are giving utterance. So it may be that if five or six of you are praying in tongues, then somebody who is standing outside can hear a nice ribbing. now here. Yeah, it's that. But if people are consciously doing it, and I, I have seen that thing before, like people form circles, then I can't question it. The only thing I can say is that we speak because I, I, I'm not into the spirit to see, maybe really, I have the descending of spirits that can venture. But the issue that we speak in tongues as you are giving utterance. But you don't go and, because sometimes I, I call it spiritual laziness. You are just feeling lazy to pray, to understand and to pray with tongues. You just want to go with the flow. I don't really think that's the way to go. The underlying factor is that you speak as you are giving utterance. How it sounds to the outside person is not your concern. But if you're the kid that you know that the thing is sounding within the and it's as though you are the ones controlling it, then I, I think you should go and look at it. So the underlying factor is you speak as we are given utterance. So Abena, you had a question.
1: Okay, so I've had the experience of seeing the interpretation of tongues, oh. and um, I wanted to ask: Are they just interpreting? So that we know what they are like what the Lord has for us or they interpret every single tongue. Because the ones I've heard so far, like they are normally like conveying a message from God to us, but like we all speak in tongues. So, so that they just they are just able to interpret the ones that like are from God yes, okay. directly okay, to us.
0: To... Okay, please does anybody want to attempt yeah, Benji.
1: Um, okay, if I got the question clear, you are trying to ask if the tongues that are interpreted in church and the ones that we speak, do they all need interpretation? Is that what you are trying to ask? Yes, please. Yeah. So I think when Sam was speaking, he said, "With speaking in tongues, you speak to edify. He does speaking in no tongue speaks to edify himself." So, there's the language, or there's the aspect of tongue speaking, whereby you speak and you are speaking mysteries, and that is to edify yourself, or you are speaking to God. And there's also an aspect where the Holy Spirit is communicating to the church. Even as the tongue is being spoken, it needs to be interpreted so that the church gets the understanding and the church is edified, just as. Um, it was said in I think, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that the prophecy should edify the church. It should speak comfort to the church. Yeah. So when you are praying and you are speaking in tongues, that one is to edify yourself. That one is between you and God. You are speaking to God. But when it comes to, let's say, in church and somebody is inspired or led by the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues and another person also interprets that tongue, then that means the holy spirit is trying to communicate something to the church so in order for the church to get that edification someone has to interpret it so that the message would cut across and the church would get that edification or comfort to that the holy spirit is trying to communicate to the church i don't know if you got me okay so when it is alone between you are speaking in tongues yeah that one is for your edification but in the church setting as paul was trying to explain that one it has to be interpreted so that the church should be edified. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank Baba, I've seen your hand up. I'm saying that I want to ask. We've learned uh-huh. that when we are speaking in tongues, we are speaking to God, okay? But then yes, I've yes. seen maybe two pastors who were speaking in tongues, like communicating with each other through the tongues. So is there something like that? I didn't really get it.
0: I said, Maybe they met themselves and they were greeted. I don't know. Okay. I mean, um, I what I think like maybe they I met mean. themselves and they say Shabaya, they, they, they
1: were ministering, Then this one will speak ah. in tongues. I see peace talking to the other one, and then the other one will reply back in tongues. Something of that sort.
0: Okay. So does anybody want to attempt answering the question? They so can come to include spiritual gurus meet and. Shabaye, Shabaya, shabaye. Shabaya, 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 shabaya then don't communicate. <laughs> well, personally I've, I've seen that. I don't know that example I've not seen, but oh, when you are in school, sometimes usually when school resumes and you have seen your brother for a long time, you can give the person a way. I've seen that I, I, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, ah, this are they serious so like they just made themselves, they have themselves Shabaye, Shabaya, Shaba. Before I realized it turned into a prayer meeting. I'm like, hey, is that how we do things? <laughs> well i can't clearly state what was going on in the situation you saw but i can just give commentary on something that happened first of all, maybe the two people had the gift of interpreting of tongues. so maybe when somebody said shaba, the person just quickly downloaded and said how are you and the person replied shoba and the person downloaded too that can happen <laughs> but you know that's one Now maybe the, the ministers had the interpretation of tongues but if your question was that they were ministering to the church, but they were just speaking to themselves, Paul clearly said that if you are in a church setting, explain when you are speaking to the hearing of every other person, I would rather that you would speak in tongues, that somebody interprets so that everybody can benefit. But if it's just two people with their mic in front, speaking in tongues to themselves, and everybody just looking at them, have a spiritual exercise, then they are just benefiting themselves, not the church. And if that's the case, they yeah, are, in quotes, wasting the time of the church members. Because we didn't come to <laughs> fellowships come kind of watch people speak in tongues for themselves. Because well, they are just edifying themselves. And with ritual gifts, there are a lot of gymnastics that go on. And remember I said in the first episode that there's a lot of showmanship when it comes to this gift. I can't tell if that was going on. But if you are speaking in tongues to the hearing of the church, and you know there's no one to interpret it, please, when there's an interpreter, then you speak. But if just two people who are communicating, but here's the kid that you are holding a mic, and the two of you are just communicating to yourselves so while the congregants, or while the congregation meets you, I don't think you are you are being helpful. Maybe it may be showmanship. But you know, there may be instances where you can meet your brother, and it happens a lot. Where you can meet your brother, then maybe in the room, then you are just speaking and talking, and before you realize you start fellowshipping and ministering to the Lord. And I believe that what happened in Acts chapter 13. When the Bible says that there came a certain time where certain teachers and prophets fasted and ministered unto the Lord. Then the Holy Spirit said, "Separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas. It may be that they were speaking in tongues fellowship. And that's what Ephesians 5 encourages us to be doing. You see that speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And remember we said in First Corinthians fourteen, I would sing with my spirit. So it can happen that maybe you have about four or five of you, you want to just have a communal fellowship. Everybody is just praising God in tongues, speaking in tongues. That one can happen. But if there were the two boys are holding their mic and everybody was just watching them speak in tongues, just to the two of them, I don't, I don't think it was needful. Now, just to add into Abnest's question, I believe that with the interpretation of tongues, especially if somebody consistently does it, as Ephesians 5 tells us, let me just read Ephesians 5 that. Like, Verse 18, do not be drunk with wine where in excess, instead be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks. There are periods every believer should try and just minister to the Lord. Now, what happens is that there are many times that you may be speaking to those and communicating with God, then you begin to prophesy. And when I mean prophesy, you begin to speak out of inspiration. What you may not realize is that you are interpreting the tongues you spoke about. I don't know if any of you have experienced it before. Maybe you are just fellowshipping with God, singing and making melody to God in your heart, and you begin to sing in tongues, begin to make melody in your heart. and all of a sudden you see yourself making certain declarations. Maybe you see yourself declaring that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I have no wants in life. I have no needs in life. All my needs are being met. God is ordering my steps. God is directing my steps. What may be happening that the tongues you spoke, that's what I interpreted. Because now God is not just Making you edify yourself as you speaking in tongues. But now God wants you to hear what I'm praying. As we said, that one of the things that happens when you speak in tongues, that you are speaking mysteries, sometimes God would, or the spirit of prophecy may come upon you. And you begin to make certain declarations. Sometimes and mostly they are bold declarations that you yourself, maybe you may not even necessarily have memorized the scripture, but you see yourself. In the proof of making melodies to God, singing and making her to God, you begin to make certain declarations, you begin to make certain pronouncements concerning your life, concerning your family that concerning what you are not even intending or praying about what may be happening is that god is giving you an interpretation to the tongues we're speaking so that you may be edified maybe you are starting a business and for a period of one month no clients are coming and the, and the profit is not coming and you want to close down the business and maybe you are so down and you want to encourage yourself and you go into this period of making melody to god you begin period of singing spiritual songs you may be speaking in tongues. that at that instant a word can come that tomorrow by this time I'm training your business, you are going through a wilderness experience, but I'm making a way for you in the wilderness. I'm putting streams in desert. So what you may be declaring may be the interpretation to the tongues that you spoke in that fellowship. So now all tongues do not necessarily need to be interpreted. One, the ones that must be interpreted are the ones that are spoken to the public or are spoken in public or spoken in a church setting. When a minister takes the mic and he begins to just blast in tongues. If he's not going to interpret what he's going to say, there is no need to do it. If maybe he wants to just edify himself before he preaches, he doesn't necessarily need to blast it like that. Sometimes they do that to set a spiritual atmosphere. But immediately he starts to speak and pray in tongues, automatically everybody just also enters into the flow. That one is different. That one sometimes you do those things to set a spiritual atmosphere or to set a, to just awaken people up. So mostly they want to have some five minutes of speaking in tongues so that everybody will be edified. That everybody will be on the same level. you know so many things go on during the administration of the way. But sometimes, during your prayer life, or when you are in your personal prayer, you may be speaking in tongues. Then you may, after that, you may be declaring things. What is happening? That most often not, you are not. Rather, you are interpreting what we're speaking in tongues about. But sometimes it may not happen. So with that one, because you don't have the gift, as I said, the main difference between those who have the gift and those who we just manifest it that there's a certain level of consistency. If you are somebody who has the gift of interpreting tongues. When they are praying in tongues, you may be hearing, or you may be getting the interpretation of the tongues you heard. And I've heard people say that sometimes they are passed by prayer meetings everywhere we praying in tongues, and they just they were just passing by, and they heard the person's tongues, and they were getting the interpretation of the tongues. Somebody was just passing by, and he heard somebody praying in tongues, and he had the interpretation that maybe God is saying that your mother will be well. So the person just waited. When the person finished praying, and the person just approached him that, Oh, I was passing by and I heard you praying. And God is saying that when you are praying, you are saying that your mother will be well. God just encourage you that God gave you a prophetic word. But maybe you didn't know the meaning of your songs. That's why. So God is just letting me encourage you that what you are saying or what you are praying in talks about, about your mom's health, God is doing. So I don't know if I've answered every question. I believe we are all clear. But please feel free and ask any question you have. On our telegram discussion channel it's a discussion we don't know it or we are just sharing fellowship and we just want you to enjoy in our rather having our normal bible study and we are just giving you the opportunity to the drop on our bible study so feel free anytime to put a question or comment or anything on a discussion channel and we would really appreciate it too so if there's no question or contribution we would just like to take on our scripture for which we pray and the scripture is found in what we read in the first Corinthians 14 when Paul said that do not be babies in your understanding. Let me just read the scripture for us to appreciate it. He says stop thinking like children. It, with regard to evil things, think like children. When it comes to doing evil things, be naive, be a novice with evil. But when it comes to spiritual things, be matured with these things. God pray for the church in Ephesians that you will get the spirit of revelation but well, let me read it you want to pray the prayer of Paul, ephesians chapter 1 the verse 18 i ask that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened that you may know the hope to which you have been called so let me just start from the verse 16 to say that i have not stopped giving thanks for you remembering you in my prayers that the god of our lord jesus christ the glorious father may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of peace. And he says that your eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Paul is saying that do not be children in your understanding. You see, many of us do not appreciate these spiritual realities because we are children in our understanding. And we are rather matured when it comes to evil. It should interest you to see the way some of us are able to skillfully lie, the way some of us are able to skillfully deal at work. we are able to add some zeros and deduct some zeros we are able to deceive our bosses and to deceive our supervisors even we are skillful we come when it comes to doing evil but when it comes to spiritual things we are very naive we are not able to appreciate we are not able to comprehend spiritual aspects we don't appreciate the relevance of prayer we don't appreciate the relevance of worship we just think that whenever somebody is saying he's just wasting time why do you spend 20 minutes in prayer why do you spend 30 minutes in prayer why do you spend one hour in prayer why do you spend one hour in reading your bible but these same people spend hours behind the television spend hours in casual conversations that's because these believers are children in their understanding but pray that the eyes of our understanding will be shown over with light many of us we do with the bible because it's really boring to us in fact, whenever we open, either we are reading Bible stories, David and Goliath, now they look like childish stories, they look so unreal. That's because the eyes of our understanding are not enlightened. We are unable to appreciate spiritual realities. We are unable to appreciate what comes of miracles, how God is able to put one and two together and cause a ripple effect. That's because we are unable to understand how justification, we don't understand sanctification. We don't understand how one becomes born again. You don't understand the spiritual principle of the laying on of hands. That's because we have to all our understanding into evil. You see the way people are able to connect with ways of how to catch their boyfriend cheating. Hey! How to catch their girlfriend cheating. You see the way people are able to combine, Oh, he posted this lady, he posted this guy, he posted... The way they are able to connect things in the natural world. But when it comes to connecting things in the scripture, they are absolutely clueless. And these people are children in the understanding. But I believe that God is raising us God is increasing in our appetite for the spiritual things. And we want to pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of thee. That God will flood the eyes of our understanding. And when we begin to take the book of Ephesians, the book of Colossians, the book of Galatians, we'll be enjoying the sweetness and the riches and the delicacy in the word of God. Most of us, because we don't understand justification, we don't understand sanctification. We don't understand the of the blood of Jesus they are not enjoying the riches of our calling so that's why I pray I pray that the eyes of your understanding be flooded with light that you will know the hope to which you have been called the reason why many of us will never think twice if Microsoft should call us to work with them or if a billion dollar company should call us to work with them but when God calls us to work with him we are always giving excuses because we don't appreciate spiritual reality we don't appreciate what it takes to work with God or work for God that's because we are children in our understanding see the excuses people make Make up when it comes to doing things for God. The parable, the one that the man organized a banquet and he invited people. They were all giving excuses. Somebody said, I have just married. I must go and enjoy with my wife. Somebody said, I, I had bought 12 companies. I must go and look at the company. Somebody said, I just bought a land. We make up all sorts of fantabulous excuses when it comes to the things of God because our spiritual understanding is not enlightened. We think that it's rather better to give our energy, our resources, our abilities into other things than the work of God. We think it's a waste when we give offering. We think it's a when we are paying tight. We think it's a waste when we are building towards that project. But this same person will not mind buying data to watch certain content on social media because we are children in our understanding. But we are believing God that through the agency of this prayer, we would have an appetite more for God. That we appreciate the things of God. We would invest in the things of God. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. We pray that we treasure spiritual realities. For indeed, the world passes away and the last error. But they that do the will of God abide forever. God bless you. God your best, And make sure that the only thing you owe somebody is love. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.